Live from the Business Radio X studio, welcome to Time Well Spent with Julie Hullett, your source for inspiring stories of busy people who have made more time to do what they love. Now, here's your host, Julie Hullett. Well, hello, everyone. I am so excited today to have a special guest, Jaina Lyle Parham, with us. She is the uh, founder of Lyle Parlam Wealth Management. She founded that 26 years ago. She has about 12 initials after her name, which I don't even pretend to know. I do know certified financial planners in there, and that involves a lot of wealth management. Um, Her clients are ultra high net worth, and her team this is the most interesting to me, is multi-generational. There's a whole wide spectrum of folks that work with her. Um, She loves educating and presenting possibilities. So today I'm going to give you the opportunity to get to know her a little bit better. Hi, Jaina. Welcome. Thank you, Julie. Good to be with you. Glad you're here. Um, I was trying to think we met via a mutual client during the pandemic, right? That is exactly right. Yeah. And you asked me to join on some uh, UBS Zoom presentations that were geared toward women. And I started seeing your commitment to listeners and people that were there, the investors, but primarily women. And then through the course of time, I came to some more of those. And we discovered that we both love travel, martinis, (laughs) clothes. And wellness, right? Now, since then, though, I have learned about your interest in popcorn. So I have to ask this question. Did you eat Jiffy Pop when you were a kid? You know what that is? We ate Jiffy Pop as a treat. So that, you know, Jiffy Pop was the the expensive version of what we did. But eating popcorn, specifically white popcorn, which is certainly my favorite, but I will pretty much eat any kind of popcorn, no matter how old or how it's made. <laughs> so even microwave? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And do you have a favorite seasoning you put on it or something exotic you do with it? Well, my current favorite is the Skinny Pop Lime and Sea Salt. Okay. Because it comes in mini bags and mini bags are important to me because otherwise I will eat whatever the whatever the size of the bag is, it's going to be eaten. The family. Having the mini size is important. (laughs) Do you keep that at the office? No, I don't keep it at the office, but that's the only place that I, that I don't have it. Usually entry sitting with my crossword puzzle. Lunch during the week work week is more of a pull something out of a, you know, nutritional coated bag and. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about how you got from. A to B, as I like to say. So how did you, and back into it, if you will, but tell me how you landed with your own wealth management firm. So, you know, I always like to say, I guess my two pieces that I want to imbibe um, to to younger people, especially are just because you like something or just because you do well at something doesn't mean that's what you're meant to do. And then the second piece is that, you know, it's never too late. To, to make a new start. So I, I began, I grew up in Northwest Arkansas. I went to work for Dillard's, which is an Arkansas-based company, as a, as a buyer. Um, and I bought very statistical areas. So whatever aspect of buying you see portrayed in movies and television, that's not what I did. I crunched numbers because, you know, I was buying things with 
sizes, belts, underwear, that kind of thing. And then, then I became a store manager with Dillard's. That's what brought me to Nashville. Uh, that's 13 years of, of history right there. My one and only sister lives in Nashville. She has two children I adore, and they were quite young at the at that time. And so I didn't want to leave Nashville. And the nature of a store manager is you're going to either be promoted to another store or back to the home office. And, and I also just wasn't feeling mentally challenged. It was a challenging job. It was, you know, middle management. Um, and so I just thought, you know, what do I enjoy? Um, I tell younger people, I did the, what color is my parachute thing? And they have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, <laughs> but basically I tried to explore my interests and I just, I landed on this. Personal finance has always been very, very interesting to me. And so I thought, you know, I'll study for my certified financial planning designation. And if I never use it professionally, it's still going to give me some mental stimulation that I'm really craving. And within just, you know, just very, very shortly into the process, I realized that's what I wanted to do. Now, another tidbit of wisdom, I guess, is sometimes bad decisions can end up with great results because I I, once I decided I wanted to do that, I joined a small regional company, which was a wonderful company. I want to go out of my way to say J.C. Bradford. But that was in the mid-90s. It was a very transactional business model across the industry. But that was, an, uh, you know, small regional IPOs, those kinds of things. And, you know, that they didn't really understand what I wanted to build in terms of a wealth management process, a fee-based financial planning process. That just wasn't part of the lexicon in the 90s for the the brokerage industry. But um, there was one gentleman in particular that was patient. He said, I see progress, even if I don't, you're not doing it the way that we think you ought to do it. Anyway, four years after I joined them, UBS bought us. That was, that was great because they really are, they understand that private wealth management. Um, and then gradually, you know, the reason we have seven people on the team is that's what we need. <laughs> we started with one, we started with two. So we'll 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 try to stop around seven. Okay, you. Um, it's obvious to me from your comments and what I know about you. You're very family oriented, and and that comes across in your personal, but also your team. When I'm around them, I have a a sense of camaraderie that's so great, especially these days with the challenges of working remotely and all that. What? How do you think you've made that happen? It, well, it's got to be the, the the people that are on the team. I mean, it's just impossible not to have that. And I think, you know, Nick, my business partner, and I have tried to be really intentional about finding the right fit. Most of all, finding someone that's not going to um, disrupt the current the current structure of the team in terms of the camaraderie. So mm-hmm. I think they're all great people. That's the secret sauce. Well, you've obviously attracted them to you. So that's a good thing. Right now, the market, there's all these mixed signals. Do we have inflation? Do we not have inflation? There's an act in Congress to help inflation. So what what do you find the most curious about it? I mean, given how long you've been in that business and all the cycles you've seen, what what's going on? Can you tell us? You know, I, the, the mark of anybody really good in this business is is not to try to blow smoke and tell you what they understand is going on, what's going to happen. Um, the one thing I do know, um, and this is what I find so curious about it, is we all we all intellectually know this, but this is what happens in markets. And, and 
Yes, it is unusual that both bonds and stocks are down at the same time. There is there is a very good reason for it. Interest rates are going up, so mm-hmm. bonds by nature go down. But what is going on with stocks and the negative decline we have is is 100% within the range of normal returns. Um, the average of 10-something percent that you hear quoted about the S&P over the long term, you know, 8 to 12% rarely happens in a year let alone every year. So I just, I think what I find curious about it is whether you're a client or you're a professional, there's a lack of just playing the long game sometimes, just understanding that this is part of it. And the best way to do it is, you know, sometimes uh, what is the saying? Don't just do something, stand there. That's, that's (laughs) what you do in times like this. And unless we want to be proactive in, in what we're doing, but it's very easy to be reactive. And that's where people get into tremendous trouble. Do you feel like um, it's like a lot of things? There's just so much information out there these days about it that it's hard to sift through. It's, you know, if you think of our grandfathers, uh, probably not our grandmothers, but our grandfathers investing, they got a statement once a quarter, maybe. That, by definition, is no different than what's going on today. It's just that with information available every second of every day, people to have this feeling that they should be doing something more often. And they're certainly more aware of it. I think one reason I think people gravitate sometimes to, to real estate or private equity, among other, uh, other reasons, is that you don't get, it is impossible to get daily, let alone minute by minute, updates on valuations. And that provides a, a sense of peace. It's like, if I can't know, then no problem, Right. So, you know, sometimes I long for those days, as wonderful as as information is. I mean, it really does level the playing field. If you're a young woman starting your financial planning, what advice would you give that person? Uh, you know, it's interesting because you you would expect that women today, young women today, have a much more um, active uh, approach to management of their finances when they're in a relationship. And the studies that, that have been done on the, on the UBS side indicate that that's not the case at all. And I think, I think to some extent, it's not that women are see- intentionally ceding their financial responsibility. It's just that you, in a relationship, you divide and conquer. And, you know, typically speaking, when a woman starts having children, at least initially, she just very physically has to be more part of that process, right? And I think I think it's just very easy for that division to happen, and then for there never to be a you know kind of rejoining of of the forces um, for young women specifically today. I mean, there seems to be this lack of belief that the, the markets, whether it's the stock market, the bond market, you know, the commodities market, anything you want to call a market, will be there for them long term, and they and they're they're not making long-term investment type of decisions. They're making very short-term hoarding it away decisions, which in the end is not going to serve them, particularly with their life expectancy, you know, getting up there in the three digits. And and what about women that just woke up? I have a, a friend who is in her late 60s and just realized, to her credit, she's always lived in the moment. But the downside of that is she started to incur um, some health issues and isn't really prepared. Is it too late for her? 
Well, yeah, you know what I'm going to say. Of course, it's never too late. And I think, you know, regardless of the where you are, just the just the understanding a little bit better of your situation is very empowering. You know, it's intimidating to go through when you think, oh, I may not like the the outcome of, of what I'm going to be told here, what the evaluation is going to be, but at least you know where you are. And it's a lot easier than to begin going where you need to be going. So, I, and I think, you know, education is extra important these days because there's tons of information out there and, and very often it's not credible or you, you don't have a way of evaluating its credibility. So just educating yourself through a variety of different resources, I think is tremendously important. You are one of the most optimistic people I know, and I'm, <laughs> you are. And I'm, I'm curious about that. I'm sure it serves you well in your profession, but um, where does that come from? Is that parenting? Is it in your DNA? What what keeps you so forward and focused on positive things? Uh, that's. I mean, it's really interesting that you say that because I think if you ask any member of my team. <laughs> who's the glass half empty person, uh, they point to me. I mean, I just, I tend to look on the, what's the, what's the worst that can happen thing. Now, again, maybe just going back, maybe what it does for me is it sets expectations. Like, okay, that's, now I know that's the worst that can happen. Um, I'm, you know, I guess it's personality. I mean, I credit my parents with every good thing about uh, me, but but I think some of it is, you know, you're just born, all of us, with with certain drives, personalities. And and mine has always been to just be a doer. So I, I don't know more than maybe more than optimism. Maybe it's more just, you know, got to take the next step, got to keep going. Um, and, and, you know, the Achilles heel of that is part of my uh, shortcomings is I have a hard time slowing down. You know, I, I mentioned to you, I have an on-off switch that that's don't have a dimmer switch. It doesn't work for me. (laughs) Anyway, I don't know if that answers your question about optimism, but I I think that's why, you know, I just, I'm always in something. I'm always doing something. Yeah. And it sounds like because you're managing things versus letting things manage you, which is, you know, something I try to stress to my clients. If, if you're letting your life manage you versus you managing your life, then you don't feel optimistic. You do feel overwhelmed. So maybe there's some connectivity there. Could be. And I would, I would say this, of all the areas in my life that I don't manage the best, it's probably my own personal life. I don't mean my finances. I think I've got that. But just, just the day to day, I mean, that's where a person like you comes in. No matter, in fact, However much a person excels in their certain field, they probably get narrower and deeper, right? And they need more people like you, more people like great physicians or me or or whatever to help them just manage the stuff that is not important to them, not not just in their 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. Agree. It's it's all about community. And I, you know, it's an honor to be part of people's community, truly. Um, So... What I know we talked about travel. What's next on your travel list? Well, Julie, you know, I just bought the condo here in Florida where I'm at currently. So that, that my travel is probably going to be BNA to ECP, <laughs> Panama City Airport a, a lot. Um, you know, I, I do I do love to travel. I'm not nearly as well traveled as you. Um, I mean, I think, you know, just about anywhere in Europe is is just an area that I I love and and look forward to getting back to but I 
you know, I love the U.S. too. Um, mm-hmm. You have some wonderful, very diverse cities and geographies, and um, I could go just about anywhere. But this this is my home away from home, as they say. That's so nice. And you talked about uh, being able to turn it off and on. And I like to call that digital detox, you know, when you can truly <laughs> get away. And it, it sounds like you figured out how to do that down there. So that's excellent. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And it, everybody needs respite. Amen. Okay. Well, we're going to move on now to a lightning round. You know what that is? Okay. So here we go. Um, coffee or tea? Coffee. <laughs> Win- window or aisle? Window. Dinner in or dinner out? Dinner in. <laughs> Introvert or extrovert? Introvert, which believes, but 100% true. Yeah. Maybe with a slash mini extrovert. (laughs) Okay. Mountains or beach? Beach. Now, if you had a time machine, what decade would you go back and visit? Oh, golly. That is so hard. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by Leonardo da Vinci just because I think he just did so many things. And at that time, I would, I would like to be back in that time just to really have even a deeper understanding of how phenomenal that was and just the community he was in and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Probably wouldn't like the hygiene, but other than <laughs> For the hot clothes, you know, I never understood, yeah. you know, there's women falling over, fainting all the time. There was a reason for that. That's right. That's right. I, um, I think about that too, about things being divinely inspired you know, and I think his artwork definitely was. And um, I hope things today are still divinely inspired. I'm not sure about that, but something to think about. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure there were cavemen sitting there, you know, saying, I am really worried about the next generation. I'm pretty sure that that went on. Yeah, I think that's passed down for sure. Well, it's really been nice to have you here today. Thank you very much. Thank you. And how can our listeners get in touch with you online, social? What's the best way to find you, please? So just Jaina Lyle Parham um, at UBS.com, Jaina.LyleParham at UBS.com. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. There's not very many with those three names. Um, so that's pretty easy. And I think if you just Google me, I think we've got our search engines optimized. So Okay, great. Well, thank you again. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. If you have questions about the podcast, please contact me via LinkedIn or Instagram. I answer all messages. Thanks again. I will see you soon. And now here's a tip for time well spent. Thanksgiving and Christmas will be here in the blink of an eye. One of the best ways to manage your time is to look ahead and anticipate the busier seasons of life. Take some time this week to look at your calendar and block off travel dates, family plans, and holiday parties. Don't have any plans yet? It's time to start. Set travel and party expectations with your friends and family so they can get ahead on the planning too. Thanks for tuning in to Time Well Spent with Julie Hullett. This show is brought to you by Julie Hullett Concierge, LLC a personal concierge service in Nashville, Tennessee. Learn more at juliehullet.com.